0: Today on Locked On Canadians, Cole Caulfield's injury, the Red Wings game, who's healthy in Montreal, and some of your mailbag questions. And that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians.
1: Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hi there, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to episode (laughs) 773 of Locked On Canadians, a belated episode which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Laura Saval, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined by a jubilant Scott Matla, who I believe is about to tell me that the Montreal Canadiens have called up Owen Beck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, buddy, they did it!
0: Let's (laughs) go! They did it! Some joy in
1: a meaningless, hopeful... I guess this means we're just going to launch right into the who's healthy in Montreal segment here. So like,
0: <laughs> right um... peek behind the curtain, we wanted to, we actually recorded an entire episode last <gasps> night after the game and our service provider ate it. So we were actually literally moving to a certain new service provider because of that. Um, so sorry for not providing you with a mailbag episode, but we are going to get to some of them today, but we waited long enough because we both had to get back from work today Um in order to record and the timing turned out to be fortuitous because literally 90 seconds in the Montreal Canadiens have called up Owen Beck. Scott, why have they done this?
1: I assume it's because someone from practice is just not healthy at this point. Uh, uh, Today, and we'll get into the Caulfield press conference here in a second, is Suzuki, Doc, and Dvorak all took maintenance days, which... If it wasn't for everything else going on and very obvious things happening this season, I'd be like, okay, fine. They, they're they getting a break. Kirby Doc's been looking – he's been taking therapy and maintenance day since the game against Florida. Christian Dvorak looks like he's just gone through the SOM and looking shell-shocked and beaten up. And I do not think Nick Suzuki has been 100% in a while, but he's not beat up enough to miss games – but he's beat up enough that it is noticeable. And this for me gives them the ability to go 12 to de- 12 forward, six defensemen, which Joel Edmondson also day to day with a mysterious upper and lower body injury, which makes he me worry. That- body injury. It makes me worry. It's his back again, which is not ideal. Uh, so this as an emergency recall tells me that someone may not be playing the Ottawa senators on Saturday which is kind of disappointing but at the same time it's uh it's Don't Owen back
0: for a lost season.
1: Yeah. Like it's I'm very very excited to see him coming through here. Uh obviously we, everyone who watches this podcast knows we love Owen Beck. And now everyone I need everyone to bring bring it in here for a moment here and bring it in close. Adjust your expectations accordingly. The Montreal Canadiens are a bad hockey team. Owen Beck has not played a professional regular season game. Please adjust your expectations within range or do the Habs fan thing and every hockey fan thing. And just hype the crap out of it. I'm excited. It gives me a reason to want to watch this game in the first place. Because it's a Habs-Sens game. It's going to be a disaster piece. But it's going to be a disaster piece featuring Owen Beck now. It's like adding Pitbull to like every hip-hop song. Sure, it could be this. But now it has Mr. 305 Worldwide on it. And it's that much better.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. It's like... And and I just... I, I Like, I love this magical moment, honestly. Like, I, I think... Owen Beck has worked so hard. He's done everything he possibly could to be uh, as ready as possible for the NHL. He was traded to Peter Burrow. Peter Burrow. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, with Sebastian High. And it sucks that the reason is that there aren't enough healthy bodies in Montreal. But what a fantastic year for Owen Beck, really. You get drafted. You know, you get you 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 get your entry level contract thanks to your performance in the regular sorry in the preseason. I'm so sorry, uh, preseason, and then you get to go. You get cut from the World Juniors, and then you get added back to the World Juniors roster, um, and you get to go. and 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 then now, here you are playing in your first NHL game, it is incredible. I am so hyped for this. But like Scott said, nobody likes to see the Ottawa Senators. Like, that's not something that I want to spend my Saturday night (laughs) doing. Absolutely not. But now, now, there's a reason to actually watch an Ottawa Senators game. It's because Montreal's going to be playing them with Owen Beck in it. And, you know, we're your podcast. We're here for you. We're, We're going to watch every game, even if it's the Ottawa Senators, particularly because a lot of you probably don't want to see that. And we are going to talk about it. But today... We're excited because when we do our three up and three down, when we do our game recap for Saturday night's game, we will at least be able to talk about something other than just how disdainful we are of the Ottawa Senators.
1: Just- I can't believe Arbor Jack, I literally ate Alex to bring cat because he is smaller than he is. And here's the thing is that, you know, I'm talking about keeping expectations in check and all this. If Owen Beck scores a goal, I'm going to be so repugnant on Twitter that I'm going to end up blocked by the city of Ottawa. Justin Trudeau himself from Parliament will block me because of how Justin Trudeau is
0: a Montreal Canadiens fan. (laughs) Yes,
1: but he will be in Ottawa. Therefore, I have to be blocked while he is in. Anyways, I will be absolutely (laughs) repugnant, inconsolably just I have a phrase I want to say to this that I can't because we are a family friendly podcast, but I will be so poop headed on Twitter about this that even my co host will probably have to tell me to stop. No. Which,
0: <laughs> no. so. If you are bothering a Leafs fan or a Sens fan or a Bruins fan, I'm 100% behind you. If they're angry with you, I'm perfectly happy.
1: Just be funny. If you're going to troll, be funny.
0: And don't be, like, don't be an off, op- like, don't be a basically <laughs> just like if you're going to troll troll smart be funny be interesting be be inventive do not recycle and rehash all the same jokes over and over again and just do not be a bad person like troll in good spirit but also if you do that. Like, Ottawa Sens fans, they're so sensitive. They're just going to take everything wrong anyway. So, you know what? Just have fun, Scott. Live your best life. Let's hope Owen Beck scores so that we can live our best lives on Saturday nights in- instead of being like, yeah, I watched an Ottawa Senators game. <laughs> That's what I did with my weekend. Um Scott, any parting thoughts for this segment before we move on to the next one? I, like, I'm all mixed up now. Like, everything that we're doing, like, Owen Beck being called up as soon as we started our show has been um has been is it it's, it's been a, it's a been word? an
1: evening uh, <laughs> uh I just hope that Tim Stutzler doesn't fall down. That I is mean... my parting thought that is that is my game preview for uh Sens Habs is Owen Beck is gonna dunk on Tim Stutzler so hard that Tim is never gonna get off the ice. Literally, he would just crawl around on the ice the entire time like a very weird turtle.
0: basically. So we do have the Ottawa Senators game coming up, but there was a game last night that we did do kind of a recap of, and then, you know, our, our, our episode got lost. We want to talk a little bit about Kirby Dock in that game and uh, a couple of the moments, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We're really, really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On, because they are the number one sportsbook in America. And it's FanDuel! If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Everything you need is on FanDuel. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a pick bigger payout with a same-game parlay. As you know, the NFL football, like playoffs are in full swing right now, so that's definitely worth checking out all on there. And it's all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, sports fans, any kind of fans, don't miss out. And place your first $5 bet now to get $150 in free bets, whether you win or lose, at fanduel.com slash lockedon. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the ofif- official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of Locked On. All right, Scott, you're swinging in your seat. I can tell you're just super thrilled about uh, about Owen Beck, but I I'm also thrilled about Kirby Doc. We just talked a little bit about how he's been dealing with injuries. He's you know he's taking therapy days all the time. He's clearly playing injured, but even even with that. Hasn't he been such a massive revelation this year? And on top of all of the things he does, uh, he also apparently fights. He beats the yeah, Cops. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: let, let's be quite honest here. Uh, everyone, I think, is becoming a big fan of Kirby Doc, except for Salty Blackhawks fans and probably Andrew Cop. last night. Uh, Kirby Doc is becoming a, a a very different player than I expected, And watching his development is kind of what I'm hoping Uri Slavkovsky can do in the near future is that in the last few games, we've seen Doc bring a mean physical edge to his game. He's using his size and his leverage to, you know, win the puck in by just checking guys off of that. Obviously, the fight against Andrew Kopp was um, amazing, but he's using his body in a way, and he already did. With his range and reach, he already did a very good job at cycling the puck and doing things along that line. Him bringing the physical edge to the game now is a really nice development, and I'm not saying he has to bring the physicality to be an effective player. It's a nice wrinkle to add in there, and I think that watching how he's played in the past couple games here is that it's what I want to see from Uri Slefkovsky is to use your frame. It is a large one, to leverage situations to win board battles and just kind of make your presence felt like if you're going in on a four check, you know, make sure that they know you're coming and cause they're going to hesitate. They're going to make wrong plays cause they feel that pressure. They don't want to get hit. And I think that's a really good blueprint to potentially see there. All the tools are there for Slavkovsky. Obviously doc is hitting that next level of his development though. And I am really glad to see him. He produces shorthand. He's been producing on the power play at five on five with Nick Suzuki likely playing injured and kind of slowing down a bit. Kirby Dock has picked that up and he wasn't the only one in this game. Uh, We, I would be remiss. And I think everyone would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Laval rocket line again, Alex Belzeal, Michael Pizzetta, Rafael Harvey Pinar, outstanding once again. They played, they were, uh, out of all the trios in that game, they played together the most. They played over 10 minutes together. Martin St. Louis, offensive zone draw, he rolled them out there. Defensive zone draw, he rolled them out there. And you know what? They earned it. They absolutely earned that. A 3.9 for Harvey Pinard, another assist for Alex Belzio, another goal for Michael Pazetta. I don't know if it's just they have a familiarity with how each other play or if it's just, you know, they're going out there and proving they want to stick around and there's that extra boost. But Harvey Pinar was all over the Red Wings last night. And it's a bit sad. He almost had the hat trick in overtime, got robbed by Billy Huso. What are you going to do? But he's making every case in the world to stick around as long as he can.
0: So real quick, I want to circle back to Kirby Doc. Um, Just real super quick, because I think size, we talk a lot about size in the NHL and things like that. And I think... The important thing to note with size is that this is not 1995 anymore. And yes, size is an asset, but literally only if the person has enough hockey smarts and skills. You know, we talked about Slavkovsky. We talked about know you have to be big down the middle with Kirby Dock. We talk a lot about that. We also value undersized players like Lane Hudson, you know, even Raphael Harvey-Pinard, um, you know, small in skill like Cole Caulfield. Which we haven't even gotten to yet. We need to. We need to really like focus on that as well because uh, I'm devastated. But you can't just add size to your team anymore. You can't just fall in love with the idea of a size uh, like a, a well-sized hockey player. You also can't, even if they have like a skill, like if they're good at skating or if they're good at shooting or whatever, they can't just be. A big player who can do a thing like they have to be a big player who can use their brain as well because at the end of the day like i would take kirby doc over a lot of guys who are maybe the same size but can shoot possibly better or can skate possibly better because he's he has the ability to be creative he has the ability to create offense he has the ability to change a game control a game uh, control a line exit the zone enter the zone you know make his line mates better if you don't have that then there's no point in size. It, there there literally isn't. You you can't just be big anymore. This is like a different kind of NHL. Guys like Cole Caufield will just skate around you. So that's just something to note. Um because again, like we get we a lot of times we get like, "Oh, you you don't you don't value size." No, it's not that we don't value size. We do. It's just that the size has to come not just with skill as well, but with hockey smarts. And that's something that I hope that they're building into Uri Slavkovsky as well as he develops as he, you know, when he comes back. So, uh, Cole Caulfield in the giant hat. <laughs>
1: um. Well, so, and we, we, in our original show, we had talked about this because it had come up in posting that he was going to address the media at 11 a.m. Uh, today, Friday, when we were recording this. My hope was that it's, hey, I'm also announcing a contract extension with the team. Uh, it was just to update on uh, where he's going for surgery. He's going to the same person that did Josh Anderson's uh, shoulder surgery uh, before he joined the Canadians. And... Uh, He mentioned that he separated it earlier in December, and it popped out twice in the time since then. And he wanted to keep playing through that this season. He wanted to keep playing, and he had met with a number of doctors. And at the end of it, they said, it's fine right now, but if you land on it funny or it goes the wrong way or anything like that, the damage could be much, much worse. And I think with that, and he and the Canadians, he said it was a hard decision, like the hardest decision he's ever had to make. He's like, I went in the locker room and my sticks are gone and my skates are gone. They won't even let him skate right now because they can't risk potentially what is happening. And I know that the Canadians medical staff and training staff uh, recently have kind of come under fire for the amount of injuries. I don't think they can do anything about, you know, labrums and everything in shoulders. You can't train a labrum. Like, you can train the muscles around it, but uh, Caulfield's shoulder injury is not the fault of the medical staff or the training staff or anything. Uh, His giant hat, very fun, though. Uh, Brian Robinson started this trend in the NFL uh, with the Washington Commanders. He uh, had a friend, uh, just a giant, literally, turd Ferguson, oversized hat. It's funny. Ha, ha, ha. I've seen, you know, Jair Alexander wore one for the Packers, uh, a couple of other players. And then Cole Caulfield just shows up at practice today, just wearing a giant hat and hanging out on the, on the sides there. Uh, He hung out with Dvorak, doc and Suzuki afterwards. Christian Dvorak is then also wearing the hat. Uh, Cole Caulfield's big hat uh, was the little bit of a boost we needed today with that. And then obviously we got an Owen Beck recall at the end of it. So uh, no contract extension yet. It's a, Caulfield seemed in really good spirits. He should be ready for next season, which is good. Um, still sad that the small goals boy will no longer be doing the small goals boy thing this season for the Habs.
0: And that's the thing. Like even on a sad day, Cole Caulfield brought so much joy. And that's that's one thing to kind of keep in mind about him. I just love him so much. So we have so many mailback questions and so much thing is so so much thing. So many things are happening. I am having a great day right now. Um, so uh we're going to do as many mailback questions as we can right now um and then we're going to push the other ones to next week as you know there's only one game uh next week it's a tuesday game and then it's all-star break and bye week and all of that so we'll have plenty of time to get to any mailback questions that we don't get to today but all of them are coming up no not all of them as many of them as we can fit in are coming up in just one moment <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay Let's start with a trade proposal from Eric B on Twitter. We got this via DM. Hey, gang, mailbag Q. To Montreal, Jesse Pujarvi, Evan Bouchard, and a first. To Edmonton, Edmondson, Josh Anderson, and whatever pick or prospect is necessary to make this trade happen. Would you do this? What would be your most wanted realistic trade?
1: I mean, I would. I like Evan Bouchard, and obviously we've talked about Jesse Pujarvi on this show over the course of, I think, at least two and a half, if not three of the four seasons we've done this show. Jesse Pujarvi just makes way too much sense for the Canadians, especially in the vein of like a Kirby Dock-like pickup. Uh, My hope is that I think Edmondson is going to be one of the names that is going. Uh, it's been mentioned too much. There's too much smoke coming out of Edmonton for it to not happen. Anderson. I don't know if they're going to go in the same trade. Um, it's a lot of salary then going the other way. I think it's close. Anderson's at five and a half Edmondson's 3.5. Edmonton's already close enough to the cap with. uh uh Jesse there just removing him. There's a lot of money that's got to go one way or the other. So I think it, I don't think the Canadians would get Bouchard and Poole Yarvey. I think they'd get one or the other, and then some kind of cap dump and a prospect off of the books there. And if they're looking for prospects, Xavier Borgo is the first name that I'm looking at. Um, they said Dylan Holloway is likely untouchable uh, as is Philip Broberg. So I immediately go and I look at Xavier Borgo is that guy uh, that I'm looking at. In addition to, Yessi Pool from the Oilers. I would do that in a heartbeat, especially getting a first from the Oilers. Yeah, absolutely. Why not?
0: So our friend KCD wanted to know if we'd watched any of the CHL top prospects games this week. Uh, and if we did, which prospect do would we think uh, would fit the Habs? And we don't actually have the answer to that question because we did not watch the top uh, prospects game. But we have two to three guests lined up. Uh, in the coming weeks to talk about CHL, the prospects, and who the Habs might want to pick in 2023. So thank you for your question, Casey, and we will for sure answer it over the course of um, the next little while. Uh, We've got Jason F. on Twitter asking if we think that Josh Anderson could fetch more than two first-round picks at the draft. I don't know because right now the market is in the toilet.
1: Uh, if Josh Anderson fetches two first-round picks, the trade market is completely broken across the board. Or Kent Hughes found one of the dumbest GMs in the NHL. I like Josh Anderson. I do. He brings a lot of things to this Canadian team that other players do not in terms of speed, physicality, and stuff. He doesn't bring enough to be worth two first-round picks. There are a handful of players in the NHL who are worth two first-round picks or more. And off the top of my head, Crosby... Ovechkin, Matthews, Marner, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Potentially end of list, uh, depending on other players, because those are established superstar players. Josh Anderson is not a superstar player and does not command a superstar price. A first round pick I can understand for sure, because GMs are willing to pay that, especially at the deadline with term that they it's a player. They think that they can build around going forward or build with going forward. Um, I saw the devils are interested in adding a player with term in their top six. Josh Anderson does kind of fit that bill. Uh, I don't see them getting two first round picks, but I can see them getting a first and like a cap dump going the other way. So to speak to balance the salaries and a prospect for taking on that salary, uh, And I do think that's going to end up being what it is. And I think that market's going to heat up in uh, the relative near future here.
0: So we've got a question kind of uh, to follow up on on what we were just talking about. From Daniel W. on YouTube. Who is more likely to get traded, Edmondson or Savard? And what might the return be? I think maybe both.
1: I I think it's Edmondson. Just because I said there's been so much smoke that Insiders have directly mentioned Joel Edmondson's name a lot, not like in a passing a lot Uh, Stanley cup pedigree. They both have that, but I just think that I don't know what it is about Edmondson that teams are so enthralled with, but I see him being the one that goes um, if Savard's going anywhere, it's going to be next season when he has another year off of his contract and is closer to the end of that. Uh, But if anyone is going at this deadline in this season, it's going to be Joel Edmondson, just because there's been too much smoke around that for there to not be some kind of trade fire burning somewhere across the NHL.
0: Our good friend D.F. Pendries of Canadian's Time, a modest hockey podcast. I love that tagline. Um, after the trade deadline, who should the Canadiens' six defenders be, assuming they finally get out of this 11-7 lineup debacle? I was actually in a group chat where people were talking about how Marte St. Louis must be hating his life right now with the 11-7. Um, all right, who should the six defenders be after the trade deadline?
1: So, because I forgot this last night, Mike Matheson, David Savard, if he is healthy, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Arbor Jacki, Jonathan Kovacevic. I am assuming in this world, Joel Edmondson has been traded at the deadline. Uh, Chris Weidman is your seventh defenseman. Uh, If you find a buyer for someone else, you can call up Justin Barron or Corey Schooneman to be in there as well. But I think those six are the ones that I'm sticking with right now.
0: And finally, this is a question from our nemesis, Will. If every NHL team had to nominate one player to to compete in a Royal Rumble... Who would the Habs pick, and then how long would they last? It,
1: the it, the pick is the easy part. It's Arbor Jackeye. Dude was made for the Royal Rumble, and he comes in at about 9, 10, 11 in, in the Royal Rumble. There are 30 entrants, and he is just that butt-kicking monster who comes in that is just tossing dudes left and right out of the top there. And then it gets down to like the final six or seven people and a bunch of them have to gang up on him to get him out of the ring. So they stop getting their heads kicked in by this guy. And he just goes on a monster run. He eliminates like six, seven people in there. And eventually everyone's like, Oh man. All right, everyone, we got to call a truce. Cause we got to fight that guy. And he gets tossed out at that point. He gets really mad. And then, you know, beats up a security guard on the way out and, uh, does all the stuff that a monster heel would do uh, when they get eliminated from the Royal Rumble?
0: I don't watch enough wrestling.
1: <laughs> the but Royal Rumble is on Saturday. It, it's uh, a great time to. It's it's the it's best a version of hey, it. remember some dudes uh, for professional wrestling, which is my it's my favorite pay per view.
0: Awesome. Um, I, I, I do, I'm surrounded by wrestling, so I need to start getting into it, um, and I will, but in the meantime if we didn't ask, ask your mailback question today, and don't forget we did have some leftover from last week too, we will answer them over the course of next week uh, we obviously have our three up, three down, we gotta talk about how Owen Beck did, there's gotta be news going on over the course of the bye week and we have some guests lined up, so just make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube, you'll be able to find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadian scott is at scott matla i'm at the active stick locked on canadians at gmail.com is our email address and we love getting any mail from you guys like we got a really really nice letter that we can only share a part of um, coming going forward but I, i really just love getting emails from you and there's some questions in there as well we're gonna get to all of that next week just don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends if you like us thank you so much for listening sorry this episode was late and we will talk to you on monday